Welcome to the Wise Crone Cottage Podcast with storyteller Kathy Shimpock. Here we'll meet the crone and uncover her wisdom as found in fairy tales, folk tales, and myths. For it is true that stories, as it is with many people, become better as they grow older. Know that no matter how difficult your journey has been through the magical forest, the wise crone always opens her door to you. In this episode, I will share an original creation myth I wrote in 2014. We'll discuss creation mythology generally and look at what these stories and the wise crone might have to say about the troubled times we face. A great while ago, when the world was full of wonders... While many believe that mythology is the study of some kind of falsehood, nothing could be further from the truth. Mythology is the study of the sacred stories held by people at a particular point in time. It includes the stories found within current religions, but also explores those of the past. For example, stories of Isis and Osiris from Egypt, or Brahman from India, would be studied along with the stories from the Buddhist and Christian traditions. These stories are not falsehoods because they are filled with meaning and truths that are relevant today. The focus is not on the historical accuracy of these stories. For example, was there really a whale that swallowed Jonah? We look instead for the message found within the story. What did it mean to the people at the time? What can we learn from it today? A special type of mythology is known as cosmogony. These are creation myths, or what the Greeks call the birth of order. They explain the existence of the world and the place humans have in this creation. The story most of us know best is found in the Bible. It is the creation of the earth by God in seven days, and then later the creation of the first humans, Adam and Eve. Many people argue about how they see this story. Was it factually true, or is it a metaphor? The answer to that question doesn't matter so much in mythology, for the story is important either way. That argument is best left to the field of religion or science. In my creation myth... I draw on mythology throughout the world. It begins with a female deity and ends with a small tribe of women being led by a wise crone. After you hear the story, I'll share with you the mythology I drew from and why I think this story is important. But now, a story. Not in my time, not in your time, but in the wise crone's time. The Story of One World was written by Kathy Shimpock. A video version of this story is also available on my YouTube channel. It was a cold, dark night, one in which the air you breathed was crisp on the inhale and left billows of smoke on the exhale. The women that remained gathered around the fire for one final time. These were the strong ones. 
The men had died out long ago. This would be their last ceremony, the one that would change their world forever. The Ancient One stood ready to tell the story. It was the story of how it all began. The one that explained the mystery, the magic, and had given their lives meaning for a very long time. As the Ancient One spoke, the women seated in circle moved their lips with the words that were forever etched in their hearts. In the beginning was... The mystery, she said. We give no name to this mystery, for it is beyond our understanding. It is sacrilege to speak of it directly. The mystery was and always will be. She is beyond time and space, always aware, always awake, always knowing. But because we are a simple people, we will speak of her as we do, simply as M. For a very long time, much longer than we can fathom, M was alone with her thoughts. Eventually, these thoughts became repetitive and seemed to chase each other just as a dog chases its tail. There was nothing new, just the same thoughts over and over. Anne became bored with these thoughts, and in her boredom grew weary and tired. And then, from out of nowhere, she had a single idea. M decided to take a nap and see if in her dream she might envision something new and something unexpected. Maybe she would dream something joyful and exciting that would take the boredom away. And that is exactly what she did. Anne began to sleep, and in her dream she saw her hand outstretched before her. On her hand was a beautiful crystal egg. The egg emanated with a light that shone brightly through the darkness. How beautiful, she thought. How exciting. I like this dream. The light grew brighter and brighter until the egg could no longer contain it. Finally, with a large crack, the egg exploded into the darkness with light, shell fragments, and the substance of the egg itself scattered throughout space. What do you believe happened next? the wise woman asked. Tell us, tell us, the women replied in a chorus although they already knew the answer. Ah, well, the Ancient One continued, the fragments of shell flew up into the darkness and became the sky, the stars and planets we can see at night. The egg itself floated down and the white of the egg became the sea. We still see its froth when the wind blows the waves. The yoke became our little island, of which at the center is this mountain. She pointed at the mountain before them. Very creative! What an excellent idea, M thought in her lucid dream state. Now what is to happen? And with that thought, she went back to sleep, the old woman said with a smile. 
From her dream, she envisioned lightning, which struck at both the land and the sea, giving birth to two goddesses. The goddess of the sea we know as God Seus, and the goddess of the island as God Eris. These goddesses were born fertile. Their bellies were filled with all manner of life. The beautiful Godseus was blue and green, covered with scales and all manner of water life as we now know it. She went to the very depths of the water and gave birth to this life. The simplest plants were born first and then on to the animals, the smallest, the middle-sized, and ultimately the largest, the great whale was born. At the very same time, the beautiful god Eris was giving birth on this island, first to the smallest and simplest plants, and then to the largest and most complex trees. Next came the smallest animals, the middle-sized ones, and finally the largest elephants. But god Seus was not yet done, for there was one more creature to birth, it was the water beings, two-legged beings who, like M, had a mind and a consciousness that could ask questions and ponder the mystery. We call these beings sea folk. They look much like us, but they live under the sea. Last to be born were the earth folk, that is, the women and men who originally came to live on the sacred island. Ah, the chorus around the fire said. M smiled and said, all is good. Yes, she repeated. M smiled and said, all is good. And for a very long time, all was good. Both the sea folk and the earth folk lived in harmony. They pondered the mystery of their lives. They asked the questions of how, when, and where that were answered in the stories of our ancestors. These are stories in which we experience the mystery. They honored and worshipped M as we understood her through her expressions in nature, each other, and within ourselves. These stories served as our guide and gave meaning to our lives. But the questions always remained, and we lived in uncertainty, accepting that there are some things that are beyond our comprehension, and trusting in the dream of M. But the questions of why, who, and what were still unanswered. Over time, these questions begin to eat away at some of the men and women sea folk and earth folk. Why are things the way they are? Who are we? What is our purpose, they ask. The questions consume them. Soon they begin to build structures so they could stay within, asking the questions and pondering answers. Folks no longer looked for guidance in the stories or in nature, they no longer accepted the mystery or trusted in the dream. They only believed in their own thoughts and ideas. Eventually, these ideas became more structured and rigid. These were called osophies or ologies. Folks could now ask and answer the questions themselves. 
but knowing everything did not lead to continued peace. The folks of the earth and the sea began to bicker about who was greater, who knew more, and soon they could no longer communicate with each other, for they had forgotten the language of the mystery that held them together. They began to live separate lives, and over time, the sea folk forgot their earth brethren and vice versa. New stories in both worlds began to support their answers, each believing in their own supremacy. The sea folk cried, We are the best! And the earth folk shouted, We are the ones! They began to create structures to stay out of the elements, away from a nature which could not be climate-controlled, pest-free, or UVA-protected. Its silence was boring, and so they stopped visiting it because... The carbon footprint of travel came at too high a cost, or they couldn't get cell phone reception. Folks were content to gaze periodically at pictures of nature rather than seeing it for themselves. Their lives of quiet desperation continued the same day after day. This desperation led to conflict, and many great wars were fought, although none were ever won. When it was over, a new society began, one that championed conformity. The earth and sea folk worked long hours in a collective without a single original thought. All the questions had been answered by others. So there was no more need for personal innovation. All that was left was to conquer their greatest fear, death. For the two-legged ones were still mortal. One day, each would die. They struggled with this fear in many ways. First, they used the power of their minds to create ways to mask their age. Hair dye, facelift, vitamin elixirs, injections. No longer honoring the wisdom of the elders, they wrongly thought they could cheat death in this way, but over time... That was not enough. So they started to substitute human body parts for artificial parts until all that remained was an android body with a human brain. They were proud of the accomplishments, for this body, after all, would last forever. Yet even that was not enough, for they discovered that eventually the brain declined. All that could be done was to replace the brain with an artificial intelligence that held some memory or essence of the humans that once were. Ah, foolish two legs, the chorus chanted. They deserved what they were fated. Yes, so true, so true, the ancient one agreed. They spent less and less time communicating with each other and more and more time in their virtual reality, playing the same game over and over, watching the same shows over and over. There was no disease, no aging, no hunger, and no war, for the artificial intelligence had ended that long ago. But all innovation stopped. Nothing new was created. 
all of human potential, growth, and striving ceased. All that was left was the ghost of human thoughts, all connected like an unbroken loop of a chain within the artificial intelligence. There was no one to ask why. There was no one to ask who and what. No one to ask how or where. There was no one to look up at the sky or into the depths of the ocean and wonder about the great mystery R.M. To these two-legged beings, M no longer existed. The artificial ones believed they were the supreme beings. Arrogance comes before the fall! Arrogance comes before the fall! The women rose and began to chant loudly. We are the only two-legged human earth folk left on the land, the ancient one raised her voice. There are only a few human sea folk left in the sea. We still ponder the mystery. We still honor M and the old ways through these stories, rituals, and dance. We sing our questions to the sky and the sea. We embrace our parallel existence and trust in the dream. But we are few. God see us and God ear us have left us in sorrow. There is nothing left. M will soon awaken and her dream will be over. She looked at the few women before her and saw tears in their eyes. We have loved M and honored her name. We have cared for the earth and the sea and loved each other as expressions of her divine nature. We have done what we can, but our time has run out. It's time to return to the place of our beginning, so this dream can end. And so it was time. The last trees had been cut and placed around the base of the mountain. They lit the fire, and the trees burned brightly. Together the women held hands, chanting as they made their way up to the top of the mountain. At the same time, the sea folk were making their way to the bottom of the ocean, where a large piece of eggshell lay undisturbed for many a year. Telepathically, they moved in unison to their place of origin, the earth folk to the top of the volcano, and the sea folk to where the ocean meets the center of the earth. The elders in both realms called in the ancestors and the spirit of all the life that had once lived on the land or under the sea. In unison they chanted, We give thanks for the mystery. We embrace that which cannot be known, understood, or imagined. We accept that some questions can never be answered. We trust in M's dream. Together they jumped into the abyss, and silence fell upon the earth and the sea. All that remained that had once been created by the two-legged ones was artificial, plastic, acrylic, and chemicals. All that was left was the sound of static. The artificial intelligence had stopped thinking originally long ago. Every piece of shell that once made up the sky flew down to a single point. The sea transformed back to the egg white and the island the yolk all came back together as the beautiful crystal egg on the hand of the mystery. All was as it began. M stirred and awoke. How disappointing, she thought. 
I think I'll stay up a while and ponder this for a bit, and then perhaps I'll nap again. I wonder if I'll see any of these folks in my next dream. Hmm. And so, the dream continues. You may be wondering how I know these old stories, but that is a story for another day. The moral of the story is... The story I told you is based on moral mythology. Many creation myths contain more than one motif, and this story is comprised of elements found throughout the world. My creation story begins at the end of time, with the last of humanity remembering the world's beginning. This conjugation of opposites identified by McIgan is found throughout this tale, birth and death, sea and earth, human and machine. My world is created by a female intelligence, the mystery, in a dream state. The dream motif is a common one. The Australian Aboriginal concept of dreaming and dream time fills their mythology, while the Hindu god Vishnu dreams the universe into reality. This universe exists if Vishnu dreams and ends when he awakens. The cracking of the cosmic egg is another common motif found throughout the world. The Hindu Rig Veda and the Upanishads contain a cosmic egg. Other mythologies depict two gods creating the world together through cooperative efforts. This is seen in Native American and African tales. Similarly, in my story, there are two goddesses, God Sias and God Eris, who simultaneously create the sea and the land. All creation stories answer some of humanity's basic questions. This is true whether the story is seen as factual or an allegory. My creation myth focuses on the human need to ask and have answers to the unanswerable questions surrounding our existence. What do we do when we can't answer the questions? Do we give up? Do we hold on to rigid ideas? Do we blindly follow what we are told? Or do we continue to learn and grow? Do we think critically for ourselves? In many mythologies, the world is created by a goddess or a crone. In the Native American tradition, there are many stories of a spider grandmother weaving the world into existence. This idea of a divine mother goddess is also evident in Irish mythology. She becomes the crone in the stories of the Kaliak, a supernatural female elder connected to nature and the landscape. My creation story has only female characters. I do this for two reasons. The first is to see if a story with only female characters is seen differently than the same story with only male characters. The second reason is to focus on the character of the crone. In this story, the wise female deity M might be seen as a crone, but an even clearer representation of this archetype is found in the character of the female elder. She is the one who leads the tribe of females, the very last upon the earth, in remembering the old stories and wisdom. She leads them in the dance and in the last rituals of existence. In my mythological world, people have turned away from the mystery and her expression in nature, each other, and self. They have forgotten the stories that served as a guide and gave meaning to life. 
Instead, they worship their own narrow beliefs, more willing to be guided by what was or what they were told than engaging in a continuing search for knowledge. In the story, people began to argue with each other, claiming some groups were better than others. They lived in an artificial environment far away from nature in which technology reigned supreme. Finally, in their quest for youth and immortality, people chose to lose their bodies, minds, and spirits to artificial intelligence. While I wrote the myth six years ago, the parallels to today's world grow strong. This year is the 75th anniversary of the Holocaust. Stories are being told by those brave Jewish crones who share their past in an effort to bring wisdom to others. But the sins of the past continue into the present. Hatred and divisiveness grow as humanity focuses on the ideology of social media rather than engaging in critical thinking. Although pandemics, war, and climate change face us, mythology shows us life goes on. McClure writes, We learn from cosmogonic myths that despite the unimaginable vastness of the cosmos, Despite the very inconceivability of our universe vastness, despite the very inconceivability of our universe size and age, people have a purpose and a role to play in cosmic destiny. What appears to be the end of the world is merely the awakening from a dream. Instead of death, new life can emerge. The crone embraces what will be, she is the keeper of the stories, the stories of history and the teachings that provide truth and give meaning and guidance to the people. She remains a guide as all the foolish fall away. When the end appears near, she knows there is still hope that all will come back together as it began. She leads those remaining in the chant. We give thanks for the mystery we embrace that which cannot be known, understood, or imagined. We accept that some questions may never be answered. We trust in the dream. The wise crone knows it's time for you to leave. Your journey home takes you back through the forest. It may at times be difficult, but no fear. Her final words to you are, Remember to stay on the path. Do not leave the path no matter what you see or experience. And so it was, and so it is. Thank you for listening. We'll meet again the fourth Sunday of each month. This podcast has been sponsored by Heart Symbol Publishing, where you'll find a wide variety of guided imagery downloads to achieve your goals and enhance your life. This is the storyteller, Kathy Shimpak. This podcast is narrated by Linda Bennett. Music is The Snow Queen by Kevin MacLeod at Incompetet.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. Stories by the Brother Grimm are in the public domain. Music